You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Greetings everyone and welcome back to another podcast with Amoda Ma. Um, as you may know, my name is Kavi and today I'm going to be uh, asking Amoda just a few questions um, to, uh, to, to open up a conversation um, it's been a, it's been quite some time since we did the last podcast, over a month, and for that we apologise. But it's been very busy in, in the Amodamar Foundation world and uh, all things Amodamar teachings. So forgive us, and hopefully we'll be able to get back to a little bit of regularity. But meanwhile, here we are to talk about heaven, firstly, heaven and hell. But first, I'm going to say hello to Amoda. Hello, Amoda. Hello, Kavi. Nice to see you again. <laughs> so let me uh, let's let's dive into this. Um, I wrote a poem, actually. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kavi, and you will find me on Twitter posting poems very regularly under the handle of Kavi G. If you want to come and join me there, I would be delighted if you would. I wrote a poem a few days ago, a four-line poem that says, We enter heaven or hell in every decision, with every movement towards and away from love. So using that in some ways as a uh, springboard, I'm going to ask you to open up, what are heaven and hell? Because I think we know the standard you know, religious kind of idea, but that's not what the purpose of this podcast or your teaching or anything that we do is about. It's about exploring something very different from that. So if I were to just throw that at you, which I'm going to do, what are heaven and hell? Well, whilst what we are exploring is on a uh, radically different or deeper dimension than the standard religious textbook. Um, I would say that the religious uh, portrayal of heaven and hell is a more literal, uh, perhaps simplistic uh, illustration of what we are about to explore. Mm-hmm. I hope you'll explain that a little bit more. <laughs> I, I agree with you entirely. What I mean by that is that if we take hell literally, as we see it pictured and described, whether it's the bardo realms of the Tibetan culture or whether it's the hell of the 
Christian depiction um, that is very obviously pointing to a place of suffering in the literal sense, uh, a place where we burn eternally <laughs> in, the, in the fires of hell, where there is torture, suffering, pain, and so on. Torment. Torment. And then the literal portrayal of heaven as a place of light and love and good things, sometimes taken to an extreme, portrayed as uh, pleasure, sensorial pleasure, um, <clears throat> being with loved ones that have already departed, uh, being able to manifest whatever we wish, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Now, th these are very, like I said, simplistic, uh, dare I say, immature, <laughs> at least psychologically and spiritually immature depictions of what we are about to explore, which is on a deeper dimension, which is the dimension of consciousness. So rather than being physical places that we literally go to after we die, what heaven and hell from, uh, from this perspective are pointing to are states of consciousness that we inhabit in our life whilst we're still alive. So hell <laughs> pointing to or describing essentially the egoic state of suffering. In the simplistic version, there's, there's somebody out there, some being, some entity that is assigning us either to heaven and hell according to our deeds, according to our karma, according to our worthiness. And that's where it gets uh, rather distorted. So that's the place that we're not going to, yes? <laughs> we're, just simply, we're simply just using that as a uh, contrast to what we're speaking of. So let's get right to it. Yeah. Hell as a state of consciousness, the state of suffering, the state of ego consciousness, where suffering is created by not knowing our true nature. Suffering is created by looking for fulfillment and satisfaction and recognition and approval and love in the world of form, in the world of things, in the world of the temporary. And so the internal hell that is created, although it's not always experienced as hell, um, but is really the torment of thoughts, the thoughts of grasping, the thoughts of rejecting, um, the thoughts of holding on to life, the thoughts of uh, fear of death, the thoughts of, um, you know, having a perfect life or being perfectly loved or and so being a perfect person which accumulate over a lifetime or maybe lifetimes and eventually become a prison. 
surely that is hell. It's a hellish state of mind because there's no escape. There's no relief, true relief. There's temporary relief perhaps in, in something that we acquire, whether that's knowledge or a relationship or success or whatever it might be, or a possession. Um, but there's no true fulfillment in that. And surely that is the seeking mechanism of the unconscious state. In that sense, it's samsara. That's what samsara is. It's going round and round, craving and uh, rejecting, craving and rejecting, yeah, craving and avoiding, yeah, craving that which we think will give us what we want and rejecting or avoiding that which we think will not give us <laughs> what we want or that, you know, what we don't want because it's too painful or too, yeah. So we live in a world of polarity a world of uh, an inner state rather of inner division surely that is hell yeah and then we go trying to fix it trying to create a better uh internal world and a better internal reality through positive thinking or fixing our emotions changing our emotional state and still we're seeking we're still on the wheel of samsara <laughs> And, and, and essentially underneath all that, or part of the, uh, sort of driver for that, if you like, is a sense of unworthiness and a wow. sense of incompleteness. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where it sort of touches up on the sort of more traditional depiction or meaning of heaven and hell, because if we're unworthy, then we're unworthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And so we set up this idea of sin and guilt <laughs> and so on, and unworthiness and an unlovableness. And really it's stemming from, from uh, uh, an erroneous construct built up by the layers of ego identity that I'm, this is not enough. I'm not enough. I must have more. Yeah, I must be more of something in order to be. Yeah. So this unconscious drive for more, more fulfillment, more recognition, more love. This moment is never enough. Yeah. This unconscious driver, that's the seed of the hell realm. until it reaches some kind of tipping point and then we we Maybe. seek freedom from that and that's the perhaps the beginning of self-inquiry or the spiritual I suppose path. yeah there's the seeking of freedom <clears throat> within the suffering realm which is doomed <clears throat> And then there's the the seeking when one sees that even one's seeking within the hell realm is going nowhere, that actually that's the seed that you're talking about, that you, the, the awareness that allows the distance to come. Well, we seek freedom from 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 the seeking itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what yes. I'm what I'm saying is that escapism from the suffering, for instance, in alcohol or drink or things, you know, that's, that's 
You know, that's a, a see, seeking relief. It's not necessarily seeking freedom. It's that's seeking right. relief from the suffering. Yes, actually, yes. Those two things have very different qualities. Absolutely, really. yes. No, I was referring to seeking freedom, the true meaning of freedom, uh, liberation, self, self-realization, knowing who I am. <laughs> um, but yes, there yeah. is escapism within the the realm of suffering which is the seeking of relief as you just said yes absolutely and, and that's not the resolution of course not because we're going but it's almost like the same wheel yeah it's almost like we have to you know, go through that you know that's included that you know that that provides even more grip because if you try and if you try and seek relief often enough and you realize that it's futile then mm. something then the, yes. The, the shift happens. Yes. Well, well, the tipping point hasn't really come until uh, until that moment <laughs> of, of the futility. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. When as you as you were talking, you know, it's, it it strikes me that you know uh, at least the Christian re- religion, uh, I, you know, it actually has such a beautiful quality to it. You know, it, it it's it's maybe externalized something that is internal and now these days we're able to have a the use of language as a certain use of language and psychology that can that can somehow unpack it a, a little more eloquently or a little more specifically but actually those religions are speaking to exactly the human problem which is to be identified with the ego self or not to be identified with the ego self yeah, one being hell, one being heaven. So, whether well, it's turned into moral behavior of worthiness, but we carry that worthiness and unworthiness within us. It is part of the struggle of the, you know, spiritual or, or, or just the human being. It is part of the human condition, isn't it? Hmm. So, yes, I, I mean the 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 true um, teachings, if you like, that have arisen from. Uh, mystical yeah. and uh, Christian and pre-Christian uh, teachings, traditions uh, are all holding the same truth. It, it, it's only, as you say, in, in the sophistication or lack of sophistication of language um, that there's any confusion or difference. And part of that is cultural yeah, historical of the times, and and also that uh, in it being handed down over uh, thousands of years, it becomes ossified, and from there it's misunderstood. It was taken too literally or too simplistically, but I have no doubt, as much as I can have no doubt, that what Jesus spoke of when he spoke of uh, the kingdom of heaven, and even when he spoke of sin, if he did speak of sin, um, are are not the simplistic <laughs> um, no, sure. uh, sort of understandings that have been handed down, or you know, pictures that have been handed down, but uh, a true realization of the inner states the inner state of hell and the inner state of heaven, inner states of consciousness. Um, so, but that, that, that cannot really be easily handed down <laughs> in words. Yeah. 
well, neither can it really be exploited. Well, the state can't be, the actual no. inner state can't be exploited, but it, it has become exploited because it's become literalized, ossified. yes, yeah. and ossified. And, I think and, uh, that, you know, that because what I hear pointing to is something that's very alive for each individuation. Yeah, it's an alive inquiry into what one is giving one's devotion to, if you like, at any moment. Yeah, it's not an easy, it's not a palliative. It's not really something that you can just go to church and put your money on the altar and here you are, you're absolved of some sins or, you know, that it's not as, it's not as, uh, as, as, as childish as that in many ways. You know, what you're talking about is a genuine struggle of each human being. Yeah. It's not on it's the level of behavior modification. Not at all. This, you know, what we're speaking of has nothing to freedom, true freedom or the freedom of self-realization has nothing to do with morals or ethics or belief systems. That's where it's got hijacked. So we are talking about an inner state of consciousness that yeah. every human being has the birthright to. Yeah. Every human being, you know, perhaps in our culture now it's, it's more available. I, I it seems to be, yeah. Um, because we perhaps on some level, even though it doesn't seem like it, are evolving as a human species in, in, in terms of our state of consciousness. <laughs> I know that's a little bit difficult we'll, to say we'll, these days, but we'll get onto that in the question, in the third yeah, question. But, but it is our birthright and, and it's our struggle and our birthright. It's our, yeah, it's our own individual tipping point, uh, and, and, and the doorway that we each have. Um, so yes, it's an inner state. And um, so, so we've spoken about hell. Should we speak about heaven? <laughs> I was going to get around to it at some point. So, tell me about, tell me about heaven. Tell me about heaven. <laughs> That's a well, good one, isn't it? Tell me about heaven. Well, putting aside all all ideas, ideas and uh, images and belief systems about an afterlife and uh, all this stuff. We're, we're really speaking again about an inner state of consciousness. And uh, again, I, I totally uh, do not doubt that this is what Jesus was pointing to. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is already here, but you do not yet have eyes to see. Um that thing. speaks, yeah, I mean, that speaks directly to, to my own experience of awakening in that it's already here. It's, 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 it's nothing out there beyond us. It's, it's here as the open state of awareness, the light of beingness. When it's uh, discovered, um, if we have the grace, if, if we've been <laughs> to, to, for that discovery, um, it's it's radical because everything seems to change. The eyes through which we see seem to open. And again, that's not, you know, supernatural. It's not like we start to see auras and things like that. We, we might do, but that's not what it's about. We simply see from, from an unbounded heart rather than the myopia of the ego self. And that changes everything. It's a totally radical transformation of consciousness so then we meet reality we meet life from such an openness i mean we can call it love mm. even when 
you know, we go beyond liking or disliking. We just go beyond the the division, the inner division that is created by by the ego construct. It's like the ego construct co- comes undone, um, at least on the on the layers of belief and separation and guilt and unworthiness and all, I, all these identities that are false constructs. When those false constructs aren't there, it's like the the windows have been wiped clean. So we see through naked eyes, through open eyes, through clear eyes. And that's very radical. It's very, it's, it's, a, it's a huge shift and yet totally natural. And, and, and there is this realization, well, it's always been like this. It's just that there was something occluding it. And that was just my sense of self as unworthy, as unlucky, as unloved, as not enough. That was, and, and that's not real. It's not here anymore. That I haven't changed. Nothing about this personality, this personhood has changed. And yet the view has radically changed. So it's, again, I say radical, um, yeah. and yet so ordinary and natural. Um, In that sense, it's it, that's heaven because we're at one, at one with ourselves, at one with the beingness that we all already are, at one with life itself. Um, there's no, there's no division. Life and I are one, <laughs> so therefore, there's no, um, there's not that the craving and aversion cycle samsara comes to an end. And I do think that's what Jesus was pointing to. And if he spoke of sin, I would say that that is where we miss the mark of that knowing and give our allegiance to the belief that I'm not good enough or I'm or this moment isn't good enough. Yeah. And that keeps us on that restlessness. So with that restlessness come toxic thoughts and toxic beliefs. When I say toxic, I mean, they're erroneous. Yeah. They're off the mark. Yeah. They create beliefs in separation. They create beliefs in, uh, self-righteousness, I'm right, you're wrong, or or the other way around. So this is all missing the mark. <laughs> it's like we, we're not we're not in our true seat. We're not in our true kingdom. Integrity is the power. integrity of the system mm. is, has has failed somehow or something. You know? Yes. Not failed on a well, it hasn't level, failed. It's, we we've it's, we've sort of sidestepped it through yeah, these yeah. erroneous ideas about yeah. ourselves. That's sin. It's missing wow. the mark. It's not. Yeah. It's not like we're going to be judged and and tortured for eternity. It, the torture is within because that keeps us on this cycle of craving and aversion, and that ends up sometimes as addiction, uh, toxic relationships, uh, toxic substances, but also just thoughts being being driven by the restlessness of thoughts. There's no rest in that or, or emotions or whatever it might be or behavior. Yeah. So we've missed the mark. That's sin. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's the true meaning of the word sin, missing the mark. 
that are like forgetting um, yes essential natural whole yes nature yes, yes and it's as simple as that yes 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 that's right forgetting of true nature and the remembering of true nature is not an intellectual one it's not a conceptual one it's not one that we can read in books and go ah yes because that scripture tells me so then i that's what i am no it's the remembering is when we <laughs> give our allegiance to that which is beneath it deeper more inner than the movement of the restlessness yeah, that's the spiritual path. That's the path of self-inquiry. That's the path yeah. of, yeah, we can go yeah. on and on. Yeah, I mean, that's what well, in many, the in whole teaching is about. But <laughs> And in different traditions, that calls, you know, the, as you said, the mystical uh, path of, of of the Islamic, you know, the path that for, for, for centuries has gone on in the, like Rumi came out of that. Rumi is all about union. Rumi speaks to what you're speaking of. Yes, and, and, and the Christian mystics, you've loved the Christian mystics, some of them, you know, and they speak to the union. Yeah, yes. it is in there. It, yes. It is there. Yeah, it's not as yes. if suddenly you've come up with it or the non-dualists have come up with it. You know, it, it's inherent. It's yes, been around it's inherent for a long in humanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just that now it's flooding the 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 collective. It seems to me it's flooding the collective. And the thing that I that I hear with you know, as you've described with hell being an inner state of forgetfulness of of erring of missing the mark and of being tortured by the self that goes round and round and round and then heaven which is the realization partly just the realization of that and uh, on a certain level the decision if you like that's what i'm going to come to that that ends but it involves it's it's i say again it's not just going to church to seek absolution from some other who has the authority over our destiny, our divine destiny, it's within. And that involves a great responsibility. And I don't mean moral responsibility. I mean, the journey is is deep, is serious, right? I, I, I just like to pick up on something which was... Um... And I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I'm only going to use it as a launch pad, which is decision. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, decision to end it. Well, yes and no. We don't make the decision to end it. Well, once we see, I think we were referring to the, the hell realm, the yeah, samsara. Of course, yeah. You yeah. don't make a decision to end it. You can't. But there is make a, a decision. There is a. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You can't make a decision to end it. But you can give your allegiance to the truest longing to come home and rest in the true kingdom, true nature true beingness you can give your allegiance to that 
but you can't end it through a decision. And that's, yeah. And I'd like to understand the difference. (laughs) (laughs) I think people would like, you know, it's good to understand or to pick that open a little bit because there is a will. You know, we have a free will, maybe, and we also have an egoic willfulness and also there's other aspects to it. So... Uh, When we make a decision to end it, and I hear what you're saying because we, we're using words now to fine-tune something, mm. and there's a truth and an untruth in all words. But when we, let's say, use the word decision to end it, that speaks to the self that applies mental control to get what it wants or to get somewhere. And even the desire, the longing, the awareness that there's something more free, more true, more whole and complete than this wheel of samsara that I'm on. And and, and we want to end the suffering, yes? I mean, yes, that does arise. Yeah, there's a psychological suffering that goes on. And that's what I mean by the tipping point. When that becomes a sort of, it builds up in intensity internally, it may not be external, but it's like we're sick and tired of it. Yeah, and we've tried this therapy, we've tried this spiritual path, we've tried that technique, and nothing seems to fix us. There comes a tipping point where the seeking almost turns within rather than looking outside of itself for the solution, for the remedy, even if it's a spiritual remedy. And it seeks, it sort of seeks to, 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 to go not just beyond the story, but beyond the story maker. That's not really a decision to end it. That's an inquiry into what is more true than who I think I am. So it's not really a decision to, to stop anything or change anything because that implies mental control and behavioral control and then the seeking of or the attempt to use various tools and methods and concepts to end it or some kind of that's it, I'm going to end it. And so now I'm going to be a different person. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Uh, no, I know you I weren't wasn't. saying that. <laughs> I know I know you know it's not that. But I think in the use of the words, yes, one I, has I, I to be you. yeah, uh, delicate, if you like, or careful, that because that speaks to, to that. At, at least, yeah, that's what I've noticed, not only yes. perhaps in my own self in the past or and, and speaking with others. Yeah. So because that's the default position, 
The self takes ownership of everything, even the spiritual, even self-realization, even awakening, enlightenment. And it makes a decision that, yeah, so we have to be careful, but I know that's not what you meant. I would say there comes a point where it's almost inevitable. The inevitable turning within to what is more true than who I think I am and all the constructs and identities that come with that. I mean, there's many ways of of saying I'm just using one particular doorway here. But it's like an energetic shift. And then there's a possibility of then giving our allegiance to that which I guess is a kind of decision, but it's not from the <laughs> controlling self. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So, but I don't think one can really come to that unless there really is some kind of um, bifurcation point in the whole system. Yeah. In, in, in the mind, in the body, in the emotions and where it, yeah. Yeah. Is that, just to keep it uh, relevant to the first question, because I think we, we, we might segue into a kind of bifurcation point, that that's, the, that's what you're talking about anyway. But, you know, is that uh, turning, I don't, I've got to want to be careful, really careful with my words. Uh, <laughs> not, I, I'm not very, uh, that turning away and turning allegiance towards yeah. Is that the opening of the door to heaven? Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Let's uh, yeah. And it, it's, and, and 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 if it is, then as most people experience, it closes, it opens, it closes, it opens, it closes, it opens. For for most people. For a while. Yes. Yeah. yes. For a yes. while. For a while. For to- yes. For some time. Yes, yeah. yes. You're kind of courting heaven that you ha- haven't really known before because we're so w- living in hell. I mean, yes. In actual fact, we live in hell. If that's what, if the truth is what you're talking about and society and culture is a manifestation of that inner division of egoic suffering, then we live in hell. Yes. It might not, it might not look like it because it could be very beautiful but it's hell. And then the turning towards what is heaven is actually a new vista. It's a different, it's got a different yes, fragrance. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I was going to give a, a sort of personal uh, sort of taste of that. Yes. Good. Which is, um, uh, I like like many people, uh, yeah, in in the unconscious default position, which is hell, <laughs> even though it might not feel like hell at the time. Um, seeking love through relationship, seeking love through approval. Uh, in my case, academic approval, 
um, seeking uh, well, that's recognition, approval in terms of being a good person or uh, whatever it might be. Uh, everything that is actually quite normal, but unconscious. <laughs> yeah, I said normal, not natural. Yeah. Seeking to uphold an image of ourselves so that we feel worthy enough. All happening sort of unconsciously. Yeah. Um, and none of it brought true fulfillment. There might be momentary, temporary fulfillment, falling in love, uh, getting the the academic uh, uh, certificate, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, and at some point, because much of that was stripped away and what was left was uh, a sense of abandonment by life and with that a kind of unworthiness i guess um mm. i for me that was a kind of tipping point where somehow instead of looking for that love in the external <laughs> yeah or even looking for it in the internal, because mm -hmm, that's another yes. way, which is like, I'll be a more loving person, therefore I'll be more lovable, or somehow I'll do some more uh, uh, psycho-spiritual techniques yeah. so that I can feel more love and love myself and all of this. So so that still wasn't the resolution either. Still, yeah, still yeah. modification. Self-modification. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I'll, I'll try and believe that I'm... I'm uh, lovable or, yeah. And I'll again, work hard. I'll work hard to improve yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Then, yeah. Mm -hmm. again, uh, many years spent in that. And, and mm. none of it, none of it uh, really brought what I was looking for. I didn't even know that I was looking for it. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Um, but but it was driving something. And, and what mm. eventually came was just this, sense of eternal suffering <laughs> yeah that nothing would would yeah it was so barren it wasn't whole it wasn't complete and and so on so I'm, I'm just giving that as an example of what the tipping point was the tipping point was i stopped looking for it either in the external nor the internal i just stopped and in that stopping it wasn't a regression into you know feeling bad about myself or unlovable or or giving up or resignation. It was a profound stop where the turning point, which I guess is a kind of decision, but it sort of decided itself. It, there was nowhere else for it to go. Was I, simply, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. was that's what I meant by the bifurcation point. It just reaches a point where it can't go anywhere else. It just can't go in the same direction it used to go in. So it almost sort of, that's the tipping point. That's the, that's the place where it has to do something completely different. Yes, and that yes. doing isn't of the <clears throat> self yes. deciding it because it doesn't know. I mean, there isn't, yeah. it's not a, it's not a doing thing. It's yeah. almost something comes undone. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. And what came undone was the striving, the seeking to be 
anything, to find anything, to all the things that we're talking about, seeking unconsciously of that love uh, in anything, not even in myself. And it was such a surrender to the moment, to the nowness, without any concern for the self. And again, that's not just uh, an avoidance or an escape tactic. It just stopped being concerned. Something fundamentally new opened up. And that was just the the love affair with what is. The being here, naked with what is. Just as it is. And and and, and that was a that that was the beginning of a whole new uh dimension that went deeper. Yeah. And if you like, that was that was the doorway. Not all in one fell swoop until it led up to something. But it was I'm just trying to describe that mm. that fundamental turning point, which is not something that we can decide, but something that we can be. almost, I don't know if aware of is the right word. It is aware, but it's almost in touch with as it reveals itself. And then we have a kind of choice whether to turn away from it because it's unknown. That's why we can't do it. It's unknown. And then we go back to our usual ways, even though it was hellish. And struggle, and then, yeah. or whether we give ourselves totally, wholeheartedly to this that is not known, this that we cannot do, but is knocking from the inside. It's knocking on the door from the inside. You see, you see, to me, that now you've 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 dissected it somewhat, and we've ascertained that the decision that the doer claims ownership of is not what we're talking about here. Then there is a certain courage to show up to something that happens, and it's not the courage of the doer. It's something way deeper than that. And I hear that in your in what you're talking about, that finally the meeting place of whatever karmas or grace or lifetimes or opportunity arose and and you stayed with the opportunity you didn't basically you didn't turn away which is not necessarily the same thing you just didn't turn away from it that's right and that's a very that's it sounds like nothing but is actually almost everything it is because, because we spend, in that, we, yeah, go on. I would. It, there's, it's a willingness to die, yes. to die as the self that I think I am, to die as the self that has been the foundation of my view, my experience, and, the whole and what I'm dying. Yeah. yeah, what I'm dying into is unknown. I can't That's possibly it. know it <laughs> because I've not experienced it. I've not yeah. entered that doorway. Yeah. And so it was a death. And that's what I mean by not being concerned with the self. I yes. was no longer concerned with the self and the perfection of the self and whether it was worthy or unworthy, loved or unlovable. It just wasn't concerned with that. So it gave itself wholeheartedly to that which was yeah, knocking from the inside, saying, this is the doorway. Come, come this way. This is the doorway. It's unknown. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a death. You won't know. Yeah, and and that's yeah, that, that's 
Because there was nowhere else to go. There was no other escape route. There was no other strategy. Had you, had was... you, had you tried, do you think, at least to the capacity that you know, all other avenues? Strategies. Yes. I, I, the, my, you must have done. <laughs> of course I had, yes. <laughs> the strategy of avoidance of that, which is, yeah, uh, if you like, knocking from the inside, revealing itself from the inside, uh, come it comes in many forms from from the very ordinary stra- strategies of just seeking uh, pleasure or seeking uh, something in relationship, uh, yeah, <laughs> and so on. But also more, um, perhaps more ex- extremely, well, definitely more extremely, um, uh, suicide. Yes, that's yes. a strategy. Yes, it is. Yes, the yes. strategy. Sorry, strategy of avoidance of this unknown realm of no self. So I'll end this self that I think I am. Yeah, yeah. And then I won't have to face it. Yeah. But actually, it's the same because it is a kind of suicide. It's a spiritual suicide, yes, it is. but it's I a beautiful agree. one. It's a death of the false self. Yeah, in actual. Suicide. We try to end the, the 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 physical form and the psychological form as well, because we believe this to be who we are. But if you realise that that doesn't actually end anything. <laughs> okay, so I I I want to a a, a kind of applaud without inflating anything. <clears throat> There's something is quite it's not unique, but as we're talking about it, the nuances of, of, of how you were willing to stay and not turn away instinctively knowing somewhere within you that all the strategies had run out because, and the reason I say that is because we actually work with a lot of people who actually meet that place within themselves that you're talking about, but there's some insidious idea somewhere that there's another strategy that might work. And so the turning the staying doesn't happen yet. No, and 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 uh, it's paradoxical because it's almost like all the strategies have to be burnt out. It's like right. all the bridges have to be burnt. And again, that's right. not something you can do. You you there's this strategy, and it becomes subtle. Yeah, and they do become ever more subtle. They're not obvious strategies like uh, heroin addiction. Heroin addiction. That's on, one, yeah. that's on one level. Yeah, but agree. they start to become subtle <clears throat> strategies, more mental strategies, yeah, the way that we barter with life, the way that yeah. we negotiate, the way that we yeah, yeah. move away from ourselves and so on. Um, uh, and we start to see that. But they all have to be – no, they don't have to be, but they are – that they're all tried, yeah. That they, they, they the attempt to go down those little pathways keeps on going until yeah. something burns itself out. Wow. And how is it supported in that burning out? Well, either just by time, because time doesn't matter anyway. We think, oh my God, well that's a problem. I should make this be quicker but it doesn't matter that's what we're here for in Mm. in the realm of time for this yeah Yeah, so it takes as long as it takes but there's also support for it now through the amplified field of awakened consciousness that is available and expressed 
not because of, but expressed through those individuals who have awakened to this. Yeah. And they are more and more ordinary individuals. Yeah. Teachers or not teachers, it doesn't matter. But yeah. So there is support for this, which is what we do when we speak with people. They're su- we're supporting them this. We can't make it happen for them. Mm. Neither can we give them the instructions <clears throat> to make it happen. But mm. we can support them in reflecting back, reflecting back those strategies as they reveal them and share them with us so that there's a kind of amplification of the burning out of it. That I think is really happening these days. Whereas perhaps, well, certainly even in my time, uh, because I wasn't in the environment of it, um, but I'm talking previous to that, it, there wasn't this amplified field. There, you know, it was couched in mystical terms or, uh, religious terms or poetic terms, and it was less accessible. We didn't have the sort of psychology, and I mean psychology on the deepest level, um, uh, the psycho-spirituality that we have now, the languaging that we have now, the reflection that we have now, to be able to support this. But at the same time, you can't, force it. You can't make it happen. You can only create the environment for it. And, and for the individual, you know, to have the, uh, the longing in a sense to regardless, regardless of the field, regardless of anyone else, regardless of the tyranny of the of the mind or the culture to turn again and again towards heaven <laughs> yes well that is yes yes it's uh i mean like yeah nobody can do it on the behalf of anybody else but as it's uh, uh reflected back uh, you know, through life itself, yeah. Then that 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 gets amplified anyway, so that the longing, yeah, the longing, which is a, a sort of vertical longing rather than a seeking mm-hmm. of anything mm-hmm. <laughs> on the horizontal, mm-hmm. yeah, it becomes more more inviting, more you like seductive it calls us more and more mm. yeah there's something in that there's some nectar there's some sweetness yeah we may not know what it is but mm. it, it it yeah sort of opens it its hand to us and then perhaps more and more the individual turns towards that mm. within themselves mm. in, a, in a way i think you know because we're not going to get the chance to to move on to this to the question that i was going to ask about the specifically about the bifurcation point i mean we've actually been talking about that we segued from what you know the descriptions or the pointings to heaven and hell into that the bifurcation point that you know is the turning away from or the turning towards and you know well yes i don't think you can speak about one without the other (laughs) yeah right i agree 
Otherwise, they just may remain kind of descriptive. Yes, I mean, the the junction, the juncture of heaven and hell is the bifurcation point. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like, you know, just continuing for a minute about what you were talking about at the end there. There's the, 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 what I love about what you're, what you're doing and what we're talking about is that it's actually somehow bringing it, bringing the spiritual path back, whoa, back into its naturalness, almost into its ordinariness without deflating it, without reducing it to anything, because it's, it's, you know, it is exalted in many ways, but it's not exalted in the way that it's, it's, it's been sort of, um, uh, talked about in a way and the other thing is that the world itself at the moment is slip sliding in many ways into such a chaotic disorder there's so much shadowy stuff rising to the surface that that actually is a large component you know or a beautiful invitation to this that you're talking about yes because the hell of the world, and when I say world, not just the world sort of out there in terms of socio-political economic disorder or collapse, but including that, but our world, our immediate world, um, whether that's the world of relationship, uh, the things we have, the things we do, the people we know, uh, all all of that, that's the world. It, It just extends outwards and outwards. The world in that sense is always a catalyst or invitation for this turning mm. within. It, it's, it is an amplifier through the suffering that we experience, through the loss, through the struggle, through the um, suffering that we see, through the fear of collapse, uh, uh, through the fear of breakdown, whether it's personal breakdown, relationship breakdown, financial breakdown, or worldly breakdown, mm. uh, global breakdown. Uh, through all of that, we're, 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 we're invited, although that invitation is not often taken up, but uh, invited to, to seek, to seek peace, freedom that is not found in that yeah so that does amplify or the potential for for that bifurcation point because yeah. there's no there's no resolution on that level it has to it has to start from within because that world that we see even our own world through the world of our relationships and so on in our own everyday lives is a, a, an external manifestation of or expression of that internal state of consciousness. Yeah? If there is, a, if you like, a missing of the mark within, yeah, then we are going to inevitably uh, be involved in codependent relationships where we're seeking that love from the other because we don't know our true nature. We're going to be seeking success in order to to feel uh, better about ourselves, more worthy. And all of these are prone to to failure, uh, coming and going, uh, and and it doesn't bring the fulfillment that we seek. Mm. So the world and the collective world, the global world, is is just is just a collective reflection of that state of consciousness. Mm. 
I think also there's a growing field, maybe since spirituality came over in such a huge swathe, particularly in a way over to America, there's a growing field of people who are, are who have seen that there's the satisfaction of the shiny things, the satisfaction of the of the codependent things has almost run its course on a certain collective level. And that creates this kind of division within people, those who grasp more at the shiny things, if you like, and those who say the, innately there's something dissatisfying about this. And that very realization about this dissatisfaction of the hamster wheel that society rolls along is actually the the collective bifurcation point that we're at yes and that's a beautiful a thing one, yes. Yeah? yes 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 because then it a- actually invites the very thing that you're talking about the very conversation this is conversation that we're talking about it's very deep mm-hmm. and a very you know very natural yes <laughs> And 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 I don't know if we're moving towards the we are, the closure, yes. but I'd just like to perhaps finish up with saying that on this point, that this seeing of the collective unconscious playing itself out, um, it is not, and and the and the 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 the, the sort of bifurcation point where we're we're not grasping at that the shiny things or, or, or grasping at the fear, yeah? yeah, both of which are missing the mark. It doesn't mean that we're uh, avoiding the world or removing ourselves or hiding from the world. It means that from the new dimension, if we enter it, if we know it, if we're willing to discover it, from the kingdom of heaven, the inner kingdom, we move into the world, whether that world is our immediate environment or the larger environment. We move into the world from the place of the kingdom, from the wholeness that we are, from the enoughness that we are. And then we move into the world. So it's not that we're removed from it. We can still do, we can still relate, we can still operate, we can still function. In fact, we do. We just function in a whole different way from wholeness. And that changes our immediate world, our immediate environment, and it changes the greater environment when the collective is also moving in the world from this. This is this is uh, this is a return to love. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, in miracles. Not of course in miracles, but of course, a little bit. Of course, in miracles, it is a return to love. It's nothing. It is a return despicable to love, yes. or 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 naive or anything about saying the boldest thing that could ever be said. We live from living from love. Living yes, from love's wholeness is the most radical, brave, warrior-like thing I could ever imagine saying. And I I do say it's, wow. But that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've, I'm, that was a Thank very you. beautiful conversation. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope that everybody else <clears throat> enjoyed it in some way. And uh, 
I think we'll finish then, Amoda. I think we will. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we look forward to seeing you again sometime. Don't forget to check out Amoda's website, amodabar.com. And um, remember, I'm on Twitter, G, if you want some poetry. And um, we look forward to not leaving it too long before we do another podcast. And uh, may you be well, may you be blessed, may you turn towards heaven again and again and again. And uh, take care. Over and out. Bye-bye.